care. Mm. <laughs> I can't I can't go Mikey O, man, because that reminds me of what's the what's the boy? I, I think I said it from from Jack A. Steve O, yeah, and so I don't want you to be synonymous with with Steve O. You know, even I mean, I it, guess that's cool because also Mikey O is what the dude that I bought drugs from to sell used to always call me. He always be like Mikey O. <laughs> word, word. <laughs> And that's a hell of a way to start. Peace, peace, peace. I am Philip Roundtree, and you are tuned into episode 61 of the hashtag You Good Man. I am joined by the good brother. I'm not going to call him Mikey O, especially since the pushing man used to call him Mikey O. So, <laughs> so uh, I'm going to call him Michael Olenek, right? Nailed we, it. We nailed, nailed it. it. See, we've been practicing. We've been practicing. Last week, we had the, the week off. I'm not sure why we had the week off. I think it was something with me and recording and not pressing the play button or not turning my volume up on the other podcast that I did where I did a, a lot of great talking on the Book of Hove and the tragedy that is the dismissal of the Tulsa Massacre lawsuit in Tulsa, Oklahoma last week. Apparently, the ancestors didn't want me to get that out to the streets. They just wanted me to practice a little bit. And so I leaned into it. But nevertheless, we are back. We are live, right? We are live, even though you'll get this as a replay. As, as I said, it, I'm joined by the good brother, Michael Olenek. And how you feeling, first off? I'm feeling good, man. I'm ready to get into it, get into a topic with you. Word. Had the group last night with my guys. It was a good, in-depth, intimate, vulnerable share for a good hour and a half. And yeah. Just fills the cup, you know what I mean? What was the topic of conversation? So it's kind of a free flow. Usually I, I, I bring in a certain topic. One of them was where do we feel our most complete self? Like where do we, whether it's people or community, where do we have to do the least amount of self editing where we pocket that part of our personality where we're like, eh, not going to give this to them. So we talked about that, which then turned into, cause some guys struggled figuring out where that is. So then I was like, okay, so where do you feel you're most uncomfortable with yourself? Like, where do you have to do your most self-editing? So then we dived into that for a little bit. And at the very end, there's a free space. I saved like a half an hour. If somebody's got something and they're willing to put it on the floor, we, we hold it up together. And yeah. uh, one of the guys put something out there and we got to really discuss it and get into it. And you just see the point of relation at that point. You know? Okay. Everybody okay. connects. So I'm curious, what what did they say or what was was some of the responses to the spaces where they felt like they can be themselves? It was about knowing the other person. It was about already testing the waters to a certain degree and getting the correct feedback and like trusting our intuition too. We got into a lot of talk around that of remembering like, yo, at the end of the day, we are mammals, man. We are we are animals out here. And sometimes it is good to rely on that intuition or that gut feeling because our bodies will react when we don't feel safe. Yeah. Like yeah. bodies will tell us, hey, don't share that. This isn't the right avenue. But there was from the big realization for me was the most self-editing I do and the most feared I get, I'm taking away the things that are the most essential parts of me. Hmm. Those are the mm. things I'm hiding. Those are okay. the things I'm scared to give others. And a bunch of the other guys could weigh in on that too and connect and understand of like, yeah, like the things I enjoy most about me feel like the most vulnerable things to give to others. Mm. 
So they identified people and not necessarily like like spaces like work or or things like that. So one of the, one of the guys was able to pick a person who was pretty close um, to being like they can be their full selves with no matter what. And then two of the other guys, they didn't quite have anyone that was within that circle of trust yet, but they had places. One guy loved to go to the woods by himself. He could okay. Just completely be himself, go for a hike, check out nature, be be silly. He was talking about, he was talking about how like there's bears up here, so you have to be prepared for that when you're hiking. Yeah. But they're they're black bears. They're timid, man. You can scare them off. So he's. Talking about how he makes up silly songs when he realizes there's a bear in the area and he sings them because it keeps the bear away. I'm yeah. Like, yeah, play, sense of fun. And then the other guy was just talking about he's a trail bike rider and he just goes out on trails and just loses himself in that moment. And he feels like he can be completely himself. So hmm. the real wedge is finding spaces of community with people. That's the difficult part. Men. Yeah generally don't have a lot of people that they can drop the guard completely with and just be themselves yeah yeah that's interesting because you said the the one guy is it's when he's hiking and the other guys when he's trail riding right mm-hmm. like Activ- like these, these these activities that allow them to mm-hmm. to to do less self-editing and show up more like their quote-unquote authentic selves hmm that's interesting yeah and that's what, what did you big, make it at that's been a that's been a big theme for us actually is that the idea of movement with men it seems to be pretty big on finding that steadiness when men aren't moving it gets less steady it gets more like i should be doing something so we've tried to do work with that because i don't i don't want men living life like it's a checklist anymore like yeah. it's this constant work that you got to check things off of. So we're trying to figure out, okay, we do have things we have to do, but then we also have things we want to do. So let's try to focus on those activities, the wants, whereas like hiking or trailback riding, those are things that like they want to do. They don't have to do it yeah. so that we can get in touch with that sense of presence instead of the sense of presence that's like, I got to do things, I got to be productive. Yeah, and that's why we talk about that that nasty merger of of white supremacy, capitalism, and, and patriarchy all coming together. Like you must be doing something, even if it's mm-hmm. if it's this idea of rest. Rest is still doing something, right? So yoga might be restful if if men are engaging in yoga, right? Which I, I think there's been a, a, a seismic shift, right? Because it's not gay to do yoga <laughs> anymore. Um, <laughs> you're, Probably it, is still ex- yeah. well, facts, <laughs> facts, right? But it's still this 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 idea of of having to do, having to do some type of movement. And granted, we are we are you know creatures, and we are human beings. And the fact that movement has always been a part of of our existence, right? We go from from hunter gatherers, but again, it's it's always related to. We've always associated with some type of of work. And now yeah. here we have like these activities. And so I, I, it's important in, in groups like this where we, we we try to identify other things, right? Like moments of stillness, moments where you can just be. You don't have to exert yourself physically in order to to be your best, quote unquote, best self. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. I and mean, it's 
like what's the reason for the movement right yeah is it work or is it play and i think men could use a healthy dose of play in their life yeah yeah but it, but i think we've been put we've been conditioned to to recognize that our play must have some type of movement involved right mm. where it's it's some type of physical activity that that needs to be taking place um uh, again and i'm just working this out right so what now. you're saying is we gotta get we gotta get men back to daydreaming laying what? in fields and just staring at the clouds <laughs> listen when it, even when it. i think of yeah for sure even when i think about the you know the the brothers who were it went viral a few months ago like brothers just frolicking right like skippy they got the phone it's like i'm frolicking and just (laughs) in the grass right it was it went viral because it was it was i I don't want to say it was silly in a in a in a healthy silly way it was unique in a way that we're seeing black men just out here frolicking when's the last time i've ever seen a i don't know if i've ever seen a black man skip (laughs) right (laughs) like skipping just isn't in our in our lexicon of of gate movement, right? It's just not there. So to yeah. to see that, but I wonder if it would have it would have been just laying in the grass with the phone, right? Just like I'm yeah. I'm relaxing in the grass in the meadows. What what type of response that would have got? Would it, we have seen more men just laying and just being and getting in touch with nature and 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 all that jazz? And and and, and instead of this. The physical movements that's always seems to be attached to just everything that we do hmm. yeah because it's it's e- i think it's that when we're engaged in physical movement it's easier for us to resist the self when we're stationary and we're just left with us all the feelings the sensations in our bodies the thoughts in our heads the things we're replaying it's harder to resist all that we don't have that extra distraction of movement so we mm. just have everything that we're feeling also on skipping i don't regularly skip but i can easily think of skipping and realize anytime i have skipped it's been enjoyable it's an enjoyable movement it is it's not as as aggressive as running right <laughs> <Exactly>. uh, <laughs> uh, but even even when you say that um and damn the, the thought just escaped me right now um, like this, the physical movement, right? I'm about to go to the gym as after this, after, after we record and just thinking about, okay, w- along with this physical movement comes some of these, these concepts that are related to, or can be seen in this idea of, of unhealthy masculinity, right? I'm resilient. I'm strong. I got to fight through. And so I'm thinking about like trail walking, you walk in seven miles uphill, Right. There's this idea of, okay, I got to be strong. I got to be resilient. I got to make it through. When we talk about bike riding, going for long distances, it's just like these same type of concepts, even though they're showing up in a different space in a way that maybe is more healthy, it's still similarities that exist. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. We're still relying on those certain, uh, indelible qualities that we assign manhood of strength and yeah yeah those attributes grit and all that kind of stuff but i i think and not that it's a bad thing i don't i don't want to say like it's a it's a bad thing or anything like that but just 
like how we can see these things show up in, in both healthy and unhealthy spaces. Absolutely. And that's why I think that like kind of what you're getting at there is that the trail running or the heavy exertion, are you using it to run towards yourself or are you using it to run away from yourself? Like, I think that's a good like question because yeah. like there are times when I'm using the gym to absolutely run away from myself. I, I am going there not to find like my presence in my body, not to feel how amazing it is to have a body that can do these things. Instead, it's full escapism. Yeah. It's just, I'm punishing myself and I'm overexerting myself because I don't want to think or feel. Hmm. And I think sometimes men, we use physical movement in that way. We're like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to punish myself and it's going to feel great. Word. Word. And so, and with that question, I was sitting there thinking for myself, where, like now at 39, what are the spaces where I show up and I feel most comfortable being myself? And, and especially outside of the the realm of like familiarity with people that I know. And the, the only place that I can identify, well, there are two places. So one, when I record, Right. Even though I record in a, in a, you know, by myself or in times, times with you, I'm still putting that out to the world and mm -hmm. I'm still feel most comfortable in those moments being able to, to showcase whatever skills I feel most confident in. So whether it's, it's my ability to, to, to grapple with, with concepts or think critically or, being able to articulate it like i find comfort and this is like this healthy stress this you know what's considered you stress for those who who aren't familiar there are healthy forms of stress that that we experience in our day-to-day -day life that that stretches us so we're talking about the gym when we are using it in healthy ways that is healthy stress talking about whether it's podcasting or public speaking or being in a classroom setting that's another space where i feel most vulnerable right but also confident and open to to really delve deeper right and offering yeah, individuals a deeper love, look into who i am love that the intersection of vulnerability and confidence there you go that's that's the, that's the nexus we're trying to hit right it's like, that's <laughs> word it. Word. I love Word. that you put it that way. And it's funny, you mentioned a solitary activity and we were talking yesterday about how even in solitary activities, we can be our least confident self, even with no one watching, because we still have those little recordings in our head, those voices, those narratives that go, nah, don't do that, bro. Yeah. They're going to think you're silly. They're going to think you're silly, man, and in a bad way, not in the fun way, in the bad way. So I, I totally feel you on that. Like, yeah, the intersectionality of of uh, confidence and vulnerability. Let's let's do it up. Especially when we see, and, and this is where I, I give so many people credit, uh, especially like extremists, right? Who who have little self awareness, uh, and so it's just like, hey, I'm gonna get out here on these platforms. I'm gonna say whatever the hell that I want to say without any rhyme or reason. And, and yeah. not care. And, I, you know, you sit in awe. And this is where it's this, that, you know, that social work idea that every everybody has a strength. 
<laughs> right? Like there's a you can find a strength in any situation. Now some of them are taboo and things that we aren't supposed to talk about in in a public setting. Like if we talked about, um, you know, the 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 guy who who participated in the, in the millions, the killing of millions of Jews, right? Like mm-hmm. we can't say, hey, that person has a strength. Yeah. But if we if we sit back and we look at or if we sit back and look at somebody like 45, everybody else's president, not mine, there's a strength there. Right. There's a strength that he possesses, uh, again, to be able to galvanize a bunch of other individuals who who have who lack the many of whom lack the ability to think critically, many of whom who actively go against their own self-interest. That's a strength there that that he has within him to be able to to tap into that that type of base um they also tend those type of people lack those narratives that tell you to sit down though too like i feel like you you you've had a scenario in your like if you look at like andrew tate right like uh he he just has what you what you described like this sense of confidence to just go out there and say whatever he wants and people are going to listen to it and he has a platform yeah but like is he actually existing at that nexus of confidence and vulnerability probably not probably not I, that's interesting i is he though right cuz again I feel like it's too it's too performative at that point his masculinity isn't even his man he just he's just taking the the standard variety and putting it on and blowing it up, man. That's it. But I wonder if 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 this is truly who he is, right? And this is what this is the, the the what happens when we start talking about individuals we see on social media, whether we you know whether whether we see them directly or they're just these or or they have smaller platforms or bigger platforms. We really have like no idea. Right. And so, yeah, I think what and again, I don't know a lot about about him and and his get down, but it is one of those things where it's just like we adopt. He might have adopted this persona. But again, it's a persona. Right. It's it's not necessarily who he might be. But could this potentially be who he might might be? And he's just like, yo, F it. This is who I am. I have no desire to learn. I have no I no desire to to make healthy choices. I have no desire to, to sit and, and grapple with my impact that I'm having on individuals across the world. That is a, a level of being dumb in public is a, a level of vulnerability, like being a, like predatory in the public sphere, knowing what the backlash could potentially be. That could be, that's a level of confidence and a level of vulnerability and a level of stupidity all wrapped up in one. Yeah, right? being, dumb, being dumb in public. Yeah, that, that is something that, <laughs> and there's plenty of people that are like that that don't have a platform like he does. Yeah. I just think there's got to be, I have trouble believing that there's not a sense of emptiness in that, right? I, I There's got to be, to get to that level you've had to stop running towards yourself with the movement and running away from yourself with the movement to a certain degree. Like I'm going to, I'm going to change the, the target a little bit here. Like look at all the staunch uh, politicians that are like anti LGBTQ. How many of them come out as gay or are exposed as gay? Like 
so many. Yeah. So many. So it's just like, what is this? What is that thing in your spirit that you can't sit with that you're constantly doing this movement that's running away from yourself? Like, what is it? He's got to have that. We we think, but again, we got somebody, and I don't I don't know forty five in his days when he is just chilling is just him and his thoughts, but he's operated this way for eighty plus years, right? Yeah. Like he's he's so dug into who he is, and I don't think he apologizes. Like he's like yo yo, I come into the bathroom. I got these documents. You know what I mean? Like, like, hey, come look at these these secret documents in my bathroom. Look at this. I could have gave them back, but I didn't want to give them back. It's just like, fam, you. It's like this this ignorance that again, mm. I wish a part of me at times possessed. Right? I always use the analogy or or comparison or whatever with like I wish I was able to work at a fast food restaurant go home to my wife and and again this is no shade to anybody that that works in these essential spaces right and just be numb to it all right and just and and not have any thoughts or feelings about it where i can just go you know i'm gonna be here for eight hours i'm gonna go home kiss my dog kiss my wife in that order and just keep it and keep it moving and do that every day, day in and day out. Because I do think there are individuals who are just oblivious to to everything that's that's taking place. And I, I just wonder what that. Go ahead. Are they tired? Are they oblivious or are they tired? Like, do they not have the energy to care about the other things? Like with with people like 45 or Andrew Tate, they're making a decision to separate from community to some degree like they're choosing to be a the solitude of man right like they're choosing to be that kind of a man that's they think is like <laughs> they see themselves as visionaries and things like that uh but they're making a conscious decision to ignore the noise i feel like the other scenario you're describing i think they're probably just too tired to pay attention to the noise man and maybe they get into the place of what do I do from here? Yeah, yeah. I, I Again, like if you've lived on a farm your whole life and you just know farm life and you really have no interaction with the outside world and you just you just live in, you know, like that that level, I guess that level of peace, that level of, of tranquility. And not to say that things don't necessarily arise in their their existence. Right. That can take place on on a farm. But it's just like, oh, you know, my tractor broke. I'll get it fixed. You know, I'll fix it myself and just keep going. Not to so, not to say they don't have things that they have to to navigate, right? But it's it's still, and I think this is where it comes to like individuals who consider themselves intellectuals, who are intellectuals, who are self aware, who who've been working to be self aware. It's it's ultimately bringing in a lot of added stress it's this it's this guy i, I want to say his name is this is back when i was in my bodybuilding days and he is nope I mean, he's noteworthy because he's a human being but you know nobody not a celebrity or anything is jake i think his name was jacob orms and he had posting thinking about my mental health is fucking with my mental health <laughs> and that resonated because we stay we, we become hyper focused on our thoughts, feelings, and emotions to the point 
at times where it, inca- it incapacitates us, right? Till it, it mm-hmm. brings in added stress, right? Like, how am I feeling in this moment? Where, again, it takes away from this, this ability to, to just be. And so I guess when I'm bringing up the farmer or the individual, it's just like, yo, you want more moments of being. But I don't necessarily mm-hmm. see that for myself. I don't see myself as somebody who ever who perpetually be in a state of just being because that's not how I'm wired. I've long given up on this idea of I could just float through this world. That's just not who I am. But with that comes so much. Yeah, I mean, I'm be I'm be honest. In another lifetime, I absolutely could have been a farmer. <laughs> could have got down with that lunch. and like. The farmer still has concerns. It's just like you said, he's able to corral them to the concerns that actually affect his day to day life in a very like present way. Whereas yes, us that choose to engage in the conversations that are bigger than us, we are inviting more things that though they may affect our day to day in like systematic ways, they don't necessarily af- like affect my day to day when I wake up in the morning. Like it's not there waiting for me, but the thought is, the work yeah. is, like the time, ty- the kinds of things that we've decided to work on and engage other people about is always there. So I totally get you on that. And I think that's, I mean, for you and me, at least I can say this, that is the work that is me running towards myself. Yeah. That is me yeah. answering a calling. I have a certain set of skills. I'm good at <laughs> disarming people. I'm good at speaking. I'm good at writing. Like, put those to work. I'm not a farmer. I can't grow a bunch of crops and take care of the animals. So I, maybe that's what, I mean, I feel like that's where you've spun us at this point is that when it comes to whether or not we're moving or stationary, what is the work we've decided to give to ourselves? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's that that old that old line, heavy is the head that wears the crown, right? Like yeah. once you in, in whatever your respective crown is, like once you make that decision that this is the way of life that I am going to adapt, you lean into it. So if we're talking about the farmer, right? Who's listen, that's a heavy crown for them, right? And so to to have to navigate all that that comes with it, I think for the those who desire to have a, a higher level of of self-awareness and are intellectuals in that space it can be an exhausting crown right uh, having that crown on can can result in just this this level of exhaustion i remember seeing a, a statistic this was some years back when they were talking about and, and it spoke to individuals with advanced degrees had a higher percentage of navigating, I believe was depression and anxiety. Right. And I can see that right outside of the, the, just the work that comes with the, the task at hand. Right. So the achievement of whatever the degree is, but then the constant thinking Mm. that's a requirement of achieving what it is right and so you can't necessarily turn that off like i've this doctor degree has been done for some months now the shit hasn't really 
are turned off, <laughs> right? It has because then you're always what you're looking at the next thing. So okay, it's, it's the book that I'm doing, but you're always constantly caught in your head. And then we're talking about just how we're we're inundated with with information, which I think is is extremely destructive to thinkers specifically, because again, you're you're taking in this information and you're processing this information at a rate where you don't necessarily get a long period of time to sit with it because there's more information coming in, right? Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're grappling with it longer as opposed to somebody who might see something, see a post, they comment on it, they, they beef for a couple minutes and then they keep moving. We're keeping that beef going internally, trying to see all, <laughs> trying to see all <laughs> sides of, of what's taking place and what's happening and it's just like, Next thing you know, it's three hours, you know, you've been on your phone trying to understand what's taking place. And then the next thing is going to come in. Or maybe that's just my, you know, my testimony. <laughs> no, I, I, and that you talk about exhaustion and like, let's look at like the idea of exhaustion for the farmer at the end of a day of working the field and like taking care of the animals and like doing all that kind of work. There's some sense of worth in that exhaustion, right? There's some sense of meaning. There's meaning making in it. There's like, yeah, this mm-hmm. is this is the kind of tired I want to feel. Kind of like for us, like like after the group last night, I was tapped, man. It was just one of those times where I was facilitating something and feeling everybody's energy in the room that it absolutely absorbed everything I was. And I was just a shell by the time I got to my car. You know how it is being in the helping profession, man. It just sometimes it sneaks up on you like that. But that is the exhaustion I'm looking for. I want to be exhausted like that to some degree. I want, it shows that my work is happening. Whereas you talk about, I think a lot of men out here, there's no meaning to their work. There's no meaning to their exhaustion. And I'm with you on the, the stream of information, man. The brain wasn't meant to deal with this. The brain was not meant to constantly collect info and image and tragedy and trauma and just continually process it at a nonstop rate. Like yeah. that aspect of social media is definitely going to have detrimental f- effects to our brains. It's got to. There's no way. Yeah. 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 It's. It, I was. I was just thinking about something again. If we talk about this exhaustion, because then we try to bring in the the faux energy, right? I drink 300 milligrams. I'm already about 300 <laughs> milligrams of of caffeine in for the day, and I'm yawning psychologically. Right. I'm alert. But my body is still tired, it's still exhausted. Uh, so I forgot the the point that I was, oh, you know what? I was gonna talk about how, back when I was on radio, how, and people were like, well, how is it? And I'm like, okay, so I was doing radio from, was it from seven to 10? Yeah, I was doing radio from seven to 10, either six to nine or seven to 10. And I was doing that four days a week. And I would come home and it was like a 15 minute drive from the radio station to, to my bed because it wasn't even I don't even remember walking through the door it's literally just I come in I lay down I'm exhausted it's just like playing five games of basketball back to back to back to back to back it takes it drains you that 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 the the, the psychological component to or doing a radio station or to being a professor to teaching I think when you're and I'm not going to say I was about to say when you're doing it right but then there's people who it's like what we talk about in social work right you you you, you use your skills, right? You show up with your skills and not necessarily your whole self. But I never understood that because 
my skills is entwined with who I am. Right. And so, but again, that might be a conversation for, for another Not day. It. That's, that's because social work likes to hide behind skills and professionalism. And yeah, think that but, don't. Exactly. <laughs> and it doesn't because you are who you were before you got here. Right. And so what you're bringing is you are bringing, you are bringing you. And so when I would travel in these spaces, these quote unquote intellectual spaces and, and doing this type of work, just the level of exhaustion that came from it, but it was rewarding in those moments. Even when I did mm. the, the, the podcast last week of, of rhetorically speaking that where I, <laughs> I recorded, I go to watch the playback and I just see my mouth moving. I'm like, wait, 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 what's, what's going on here? So I'm checking my volume on my laptop. I'm Googling windows. Like, wait, why is the volume down? And it was just like, first number one, check and see if your <laughs> mic is up. And I went to look at my machine, <laughs> the most basic thing. Right. But then we talk about this, at initially in that moment, it's just like I wasted 50 minutes. I didn't accomplish anything with that 50 minutes instead of it being a way that I was able to hone my skills in that moment in time, being mm. able to to have a conversation, even though it was by myself. Right. And being able to to get my thoughts onto paper and then on to to what I thought was screen and not showing self enough love, because, again, there has to be something tangibly produced when men do any type of do any type of of work. And if it's not mm-hmm. what you're you're a failure, you didn't accomplish anything. And so we become nothing more. And I said this on. I did it. I do a hit in, in Utica, New York every every week. And, you know, we become spacely space rockets, right? We just become cogs in this in this wheel. And it's just like we become disconnected from it if we don't take mm-hmm. time to even see the value in. OK, it may not be value in the I'm not going to even say it's not even a value in making the burger. Right. Maybe in that physical act of making the burger. But what does the burger represent? You know, what? I'm going to get this to somebody who needs to eat, who is hungry. I'm doing them a service. I'm helping them out in some capacity. But we're not necessarily taught to to look at all the ways that are that we contribute out, uh, especially if it's a, if it's an essential job or what some folk consider a menial job. It just has to be some uh, immaculate <laughs> production that 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 results from it. Yeah, and I, I think, I think uh, one, you making me want to get on my Marxist tangents, but I'm gonna keep those in my pocket for now. Oh, no. oh well, for sure, for the burger, and then handing it off to someone. Listen, uh, <laughs> listen but, I got a post no, coming I, today on um, re- religion being the opiate of the masses, and and oh, what that go. looks like, and what that looks like, how we have this conversation when it comes to therapy. Because we tell them folk to go to mm. therapy and that does shit for the conditions that they, they live in. You know what I mean? The capitalistic aspect of it. And so, so. Yo, I can get down on that conversation, <laughs> Phil. I can get down on that one. Oh, so oh, therapy the becomes therapist religion. Is a priest by another name, man. Therapist is a priest by another name. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know what exactly. I'm saying? Feel good about but, bullshit. You know? Like, it's crazy. <laughs> it's, it's, it is. And I've, I've been a part of it, right? But hopefully you know that well again that's a conversation no, for yeah, another yeah. another day yeah, but yeah. what you're talking about with this idea of like you recording all this work and then not having a product at the end right and i think 
I feel like there's two things to that is that we want our work to be connected to others, whether we see it or not. You know what I mean? We want, we want that exhaustion, that toil that we're putting in. Like, I feel like a farmer that's producing food for a community feels that responsibility. Like, I'm sure there's like, maybe not again, capitalism. So yeah, corporate farming, probably not, but I'm trying <laughs> to like idealize this a little bit. Some like local community farmer that like is supported by his, his neighbors. He probably feels like that the fruit or the vegetable that he grows, that's not the product. The product is this connection that he has to the people around him. Just like I'm sure when you're creating rhetorically speaking, yeah, the product is partially the words that you're coming up with, but it's the interaction between the public that you get. You know what I mean? That connection, that extension of who you are into the world. And I don't know a lot of men that have that space, man, where like they will either they don't know that version of themselves to be able to extend it or they don't have any safe spaces or believe that there are people in their life that they can extend it to like they have this work they have this sense of self but they have nowhere to put it man yeah and then they just sit still and they watch some tv and then they go to bed you know what i mean yeah yeah because we because we've made our worth attached to the paycheck right our, our worth mm -hmm. is, is attached to the paycheck and so even with these individuals we're talking about the person from mcdonald's right if i can take the money and go home and I'll, I may feel good about it, right? Even though I hate this job, even though I don't necessarily see the value that I'm adding to society, which again, I eat out every day. Like these people are doing me a, a, a hell of a service because I couldn't imagine cooking, right? I couldn't <laughs> imagine cooking at this stage of my life, right? Where, but they're doing me such a, a service uh, and that's why I always be mindful of saying thank you. Listen, I appreciate mm. you, right? You're like, this, um, they, 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 oh, where you been? We ain't seen you. You ain't come yesterday. Well, yeah, I had a little bit left over, but I'm here today, <laughs> right? But it, again, we're building connection. And so right. if anything, even if it's, it's not centered around like the chicken that they're just putting in the fryer and giving, they're, being con they're, they're forming a relationship with the individual who is going to be eating the chicken, right? And so there's this connection there. Um, but unfortunately, we see so often that the value is attached to the to the dollar, right? Which yeah. is understandable because you do have those, you know, the bourgeoisie who was making all the money. I just saw the the actor from Abbott Elementary who who plays the custodian worker. He showed a res uh, residual check of three cents. This show has won Emmys, <laughs> right? Like this show has won Emmys. Shirley Ralph has won an Emmy for this show, and it was three cent, three cent, and it's playing everywhere. We see what happens in in on Netflix and all of these shows they aren't getting paid but then what it I, I saw something that the homie Mark had posted where it's just like only a few of the top individuals who are making money they can take money from and and invest like two percent or something like that and forgive me if, I, if I'm messing the numbers up but they can take the money that they've earned quote-unquote earned off the backs of the people and 
give put it in this fund and it would have enough to fund all of these individuals right within sag after right and the writer strike but again it's this it's this want to it's this desire but again it shows how again the the value there's just such a disconnect right but money is how we show the value because it's not good enough for me to tell this custodial worker in in elementary yo you killed it that feels good momentarily but then what what are you going to do with the three cents yeah, that, that that ain't gonna pay his bills. That ain't gonna <laughs> that ain't gonna put food in his his fridge or gas in his car. And I and like that's part of the problem too is that it's hard to convince men not to fall in line when you see that those that are on top are the ones that get to live the life. So men, I feel, fall victim to that quicker than women of being like believing that lie of you too can end up there one day if you just grind it out. You just you you grind it out you turn yourself in the dust don't worry one day you're gonna have enough money that you too will be in that club and your yeah. worth and your value will all of a sudden be there for you yeah and, and you see it so often in these because I, I i saw something where it said it's just going to be like literally like the summer of unions <laughs> right where it's you got sag after you got the writers union you start to see, I'm not sure what's happening with the NFL when their contract is, the players union contract is up, but the running backs, like they're seeing, uh, and again, it, it's all interrelated, right? It, go, it goes to these ideas that Marx was talking about, right? Like just the lack of value. Running backs, Saquon Barkley specifically, accounts for, I think it was like 70 to 80% of, of the Giants offense, right? <laughs> they offered him a contract. Well, they didn't know so he he's he has a a what oh shit they franchise tagged them for him to be paid like the top five highest running backs which is 10 million dollars right it's not equating and so here we and see here we have this individual saying listen well i'm just gonna hold out but then they met yesterday and we're recording this on a monday running backs the elite running backs met yesterday to just have conversation about it meanwhile the James Robinson was just signed. He's a running back. He was just signed by the Giants, right? Because, hey, we're going to bring somebody in cheaper to be able to do your job. And so what does this say to to Saquon Barkley just about his worth, about his value? And, again, sports is is, is where it becomes extremely nasty when we talk about not only men, women, and non-binary folk when it comes to just worth and we talk about just this disparity that's taking place where – it's just like just the value and inherent value. Like they're telling you monetarily, you're not worth it, right? And what could that do to the to the self esteem of an individual who has been everything to an organization, been everything to this TV franchise, who's been everything to the job that they've worked at for thirty years, and they become disposable, right? And so then we start to see just the disconnect that that takes place, and we start to see like Saquon Barkley, his. And I can't speak for him specifically, but we see it with a lot of athletes because once they retire, it's just like, oh, shit, I don't know what to do with my life because I've over identified with this role as an athlete for so long that now I don't have it anymore. And that's when we start to see issues arise. And so for me, yeah, I'm sure Saquon will be be fine, hopefully. Right. But psychologically, emotionally speaking, you've been doing this since you were a child. And now here you are and you can't do it. And it's not because of you. It's because of others. I just wonder just the toll that it takes on the toll that it, it takes on men. Right. When you're when something like this happens yeah. and just the impact. 
And it's wild because you just did a great parallel <laughs> for what is occurring to men through patriarchy of over identifying with a role. And then you turn out, oh, wait, this role isn't healthy for me. It's not healthy for the people in my life. These ways that I've been taught to be a man in the world aren't working. And now what do I do? Like, that is the, like, that crisis that Saquon's dealing with as a running back and reaching his pay and being told he's not valuable is smaller symptom of what happens to men when they realize they can't need to use the things that they've been given their whole life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you having a little, little issue. I think we got a little Wi-Fi issue. Oh no. Go ahead, you good now? I'm good now. Are you good? Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Did yeah. any of that come through, or is that just empty? No, oh, no. A lot of it, a lot of it came through. Maybe just like the last ten seconds didn't. Okay, cool, cool, cool. But yeah, it's just like you drew a good parallel there of like the dust settling for men right now, because there is, we are entering a period where there is like the Barbie movie straight talked about patriarchy, man. Like the Barbie. <laughs> here, you, here you go with this Barbie. Trying to use the Barbie. Movie. To talk to men about patriarchy. So we are reaching a point where the conversation is going to continue to get louder, but we have to give men a place in that conversation. Mm -hmm. Just like the running backs pulling together and being like, how do we respond to the pressure we're facing from here? Like we need to get men to pull together to be like, what are we going to do from here? Because women aren't going to create the new masculinity. Women aren't going to create new manhood. Like we need to create that. We need to decide what men's roles are in society without patriarchy telling us how they need to be. Hmm. Hmm. So I don't know. I, I think yeah. that's a, no, I, I think that I was going to say, I think that's a great place to, to put a pen in it for, for this week, because actually we were going to, the, the plan was to pick up on a conversation from the replay of, of the father wound that that was on the replay last week and so i think with putting a pin in it right there and picking up we can definitely pick up on the patriarchy because again a lot of this is learned behavior right and we're learning this from from our fathers from the male figures that are in our life so we'll definitely pick up with this next week and and have this conversation regarding just the patriarchy and specifically the father wound and how it's important for us as those who identify as men to to first recognize what it is right and call it for what it is and then try to learn steps and to unlearn these these unhealthy concepts that that continue to impact us in in every space that we that we operate so word word so how can they how can they reach you have you changed your 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 names yet to michael lennick are you still trying to I've not changed my handle one day. Maybe it's still Sisyphean absurdity. Listen, it, <laughs> one day, maybe I'll change it. But right now it's going to hang, hang out is I'm still putting in work on creating a TikTok. It just kills my soul and I don't know how to engage it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm working on building something, but if anyone wants to reach me or chat, DM me, feel free at Sisyphean absurdity on IG. Word, word. And as always, you can catch me. It's, it's regular. It's P-H-I-L underscore round tree. Round is around. 
Tree is in tree. Definitely appreciate you. Those of you who are tuned in on YouTube and those of you who are listening on whatever streaming platform you're streaming from, make sure you hit that subscribe button, share with a brother and like and comment and do all those those beautiful things that the algorithm is going to hate on and, and and not share anyway. But hey, it's all good, man. Until next week. Peace.